London's biggest conversation continues with Steve Allen. Morning, team. Nice to be company. It's uh, four minutes past five o'clock. It's Thursday morning, a depressing day for many people. After the budget yesterday, and a lot of people have been sending me emails begging me not to leave the country, begging me to uh, stay here. If we can help and make ends meet in any way to absorb the extra tax you're going to have to pay, Steve. And I said, well, frankly, you know, I've gone, I don't mind paying tax. I think everybody in this business should should pay tax. <laughs> I'm so depressed. In fact, the more I thought, thank God I don't smoke. Thank God I don't <laughs> smoke. But uh, we do drink, but I mean, I'm not really bothered about that. Petrol's going up. We lose every which way but. So if you earn 100,000 plus, then uh, you'll have your personal allowances taken away. 150,000 and you're up to 50% tax. But that wasn't the saddest news. No, the saddest news uh, for all those people who've now uh, found it uh, on YouTube. If you type in youtube.com forward slash Steve Allen Show, you'll know for all those people who went down to the Wildcat Sanctuary, to the um, to the Big Cat Place, that little Oreo, the snow leopard, who uh, we've now put up a, a special uh, little video film of him, died the other day, unfortunately. He had... Um, a brain seizure. If you remembered, when he was born, uh, his mother was lying on the wrong side and he came out a bit brain damaged. So he walked, I mean, bless his heart, he walked a bit lopsided. So when he walked, he sort of walked a bit like that. <laughs> My auntie Enid walked like that, but that was alcohol abuse. And, um, and then, bless his heart, we were hoping that he would, he would pull through. I mean, he was, he was quite lively for a, a brain damaged snow leopard, but he lost his life the other day. And so as a little tribute, we'll put this video, which you haven't seen before, up on YouTube. And if you just type in um, youtube.com forward slash Steve Allen Show, you find it. And it's the first one that comes. Have a look at that, because it's just absolutely adorable. And Paul Savory, who's with us today... Good morning. ...said, weren't you scared he was going to bite you? They, th- at that age, they don't, they don't seem to know about things like that. Oh, he's like so that. beautiful, though. Beautiful, but also brought up in a house. He, he's, he was living in their yeah. house down there. But they've got the most beautiful... Uh, other snow leopards down, and he's, and he's survived by brothers and sisters. So you can you can log on and have a look, and then find out more about the work that they do down there. So anyway, beautiful Bless. though, isn't he? So cute. Bless. I yes. mean, literally, just like a giant dog, just with slightly bigger I was reasonably teeth. Reasonably happy this morning before that. I happened. know. I'm ever so sorry. Well, sorry to ruin everybody's lie day down today. On the floor and crying. Eh? <laughs> yeah, but that's quite normal for us, isn't it? I don't <laughs> mind. Every single newspaper is talking about. The budget. Oh, Metro have got budget. till debt, us do part. And the headline measure, 50% top rate of tax. But the reality is, I suppose that yesterday's budget set in stone a future in which Britain's debt levels will soar to previous unimaginable levels. Mm. And we're paying for it. We're paying for their incompetence, I suppose, at being able to balance well, the books. I agree. If you look back at Gordon Brown's career, he's been a rubbish Prime Minister. He was a rubbish Chancellor. And he's the one that stands up and says... You shouldn't be rewarded for failure. Maybe he should pay back everything he's earned as a a Prime Minister and a Chancellor into the Exchequer because he's a complete failure, let's face it. It's terrible, really, that uh, people yesterday must be sitting there thinking... As Funny thing is, years ago, I remember whenever the budget came on the television, all people wanted to know was fags, booze, petrol... Didn't mm. want to care, didn't care about anything else. We didn't care about the top level of tax because it didn't affect most people. So we were all just happily working along. And everything systematically goes up. The only reason I believe one, one Chancellor didn't put the tax of whiskey up, and I think it was him, was because <laughs> yes. he was a whiskey drinker. That's right. So, of course, the rest of us wine drinkers suffered because it was 2p here and a penny is going, pardon me, going on petrol, and then I think next April, and then another April. It's but they've up. also said l- next year VAT could go to 20%. Oh, dear God. 
Well, at the moment, I'm... What are we at the moment? 15%. 15, 15 yes. Yeah. So the 2.5% uh, cut that, uh, that they've been uh, so um, boastful about and yeah. saying how wonderful it's been and how better off we all are because of this 2.5% cut... Which um, I think if you bought a car, you'd say 40 quid or something, something yeah, silly. Yeah. Um, uh, 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 we're going to lose all that because it's going to go up 2.5% from where it was and 5% from where it is now. And you can bet your bottom dollar if they say it could go up to 20%, it will. Yes. If, if they're hinting at it, there's a very good chance that it will. That's the other right. thing I'm, I'm not sure about is for those people registered for VAT, when they say 150,000 a year, is that including the VAT amount, which you add on, and it takes you over, or are they looking at your basic pay? This is uh, personal income. Right. But don't forget, on top of the 50%, you'll have to pay your national insurance. Yeah. So, actually, what you will earn is about 42 43% of your, of your gross. Yeah. I think I'll quit now, actually. It's so much easier know, to go home. Go Let's go home. Somewhere. Dubai. <laughs> There's no tax there, is so there? So the, the, the tax allowances, uh, personal tax, your, your, your tax at a glance, uh, and it's got in the mail today, uh, couple both working two children, couple one working two children, single person one child, single married no children, married pensioner, uh, single pensioner, husband and wife partnership two children, and so it goes on. And it's, it's quite interesting to see the income tax change when you actually look at it, you think, oh, over the year, it doesn't make too much difference. But then when you look at the, uh, the tax allowances, 40%, the higher band rate, it's an extra £2,500 a year, which is going to... And so it starts adding up all over the place. Of course it does. How they've got the gall to put another two pence a litre on fuel, I, 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 it just... Well, you know why? Because it's the easiest thing for them to do because they know that you've got to drive from A to B. Of course it is. But of course, who are the people who drive there? The bloody MPs. Yes, but we pay for them. Of course we do. Of course we do. That's why it makes no difference to them when they put it up there, because it's the easiest stealth tax that's ever been imaginable. Of course. And all they do is just go, it's going out of petrol. What do you do? Go, I'm not paying that. I could see more people filling up at petrol stations and driving off. You know, go on, bugger it, take me to court, see if I care. It's just, <laughs> it's ridiculous, isn't it? Because it seems now that the more you work in this country, uh, the more you're penalised. Mm. In other words, there's no point in working. There really isn't, because you can get just as much money by sitting on your fat bottom and doing nothing. But unfortunately, a lot of us choose not to do that. But by, by working, you end up paying a lot of money to the government for the privilege of working hard. Well, one of the things... I, I actually listened to the budget for once yesterday. Mm. And um, one of the things they were on about was spending uh, on housing. Right. To, uh, to house all the people that don't have houses, of course. Oh, right. And uh, I was thinking to myself, well, if you'd uh, controlled immigration in the first place... Mm. We wouldn't need all these houses that are encroaching on our green belt and, and, and things like that. And we, sh you know, we this government has been a complete failure. And I do think that uh, that Blair saw this coming, and that's why he waltzed off into the uh, into the sunset and let Brown hold the baby to I'm make afraid. his millions of pounds as he does the uh, the Thatcher route of speaking. That's right. That's right. Interesting to see what Nick Ferrari says this morning because he'll be hit. James O'Brien, loads of, loads of people, especially newspaper columnists, who easily can earn 150000 a year for doing a newspaper column. Television presenters will be hit as well. Mm -hmm. There'll be more tax to pay. More and more people will be going, don't pay me that much money. 
Please don't pay me that much money. And just if you, as if you wanted anything else to make you feel depressed, now it turns out that your ready-made lunch, especially if you buy from the Subway and their six-inch meatball marinara, whatever that is, it's actually got as much... Tomato sauce. Sorry? Tomato sauce. Tomato sauce. Marinara. Oh, marinara. Oh, is it? oh right. So it's just meatballs. Yeah. So, in other words, that sandwich contains as much salt as 12 bags of crisps. Blimey. 12 my advice is, don't go anywhere near it. That's just absolutely ludicrous. 4.7 grams of salt. And they've actually been round, as they do every so often when we get to silly season, going round checking all the sandwiches, and they've got a Big Mac, 2.1 grams, which seems about average, unless you've got Sainsbury's Taste the Difference Butter Roasted Chicken Salad and Tesco's Chicken Salad, both with 1.9 and 1.2, respectively. So it's, it's the salt that you're looking at. And there's another story in the paper today. I'm sorry, I've got to get this off my chest. There is a lady... She's got dementia. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know how advanced the dementia is, or mild, or whatever. And she's in a home. Anyway, she doesn't doesn't want to be in this home. She doesn't like it there. So her uh, daughter decides to look after her personally. So they pick her up from the home. They take her back. They've already converted a room to look after her. I think she was... uh, She's 86 or something like that. Anyway, within a day, social services... Backed by police, turn up with a battering ram, batter down the daughter's door, and take back her mother to the care home. Have you heard anything like it? On what basis? The basis is that uh, she's not very well and needs to be placed in a social worker's car. I say, bugger social workers. I'm sick to death. They battered down the door of the house and snatched this woman back, took her out with a blanket over her head. God knows what she thought was going on. And they took her back to the care home. It's a 28-bed home which specialises in dementia care. She doesn't want to be there. She wants to be with her daughter at home. And they battered... Who are these bloody social workers? That's what I want to know. Who are these people? Disgusting bits of pond life. They really are. Who's telling them what to do? That's what I want to know. Oh, they are law unto themselves, social workers. Is this our wonderful government again? Well, this woman had even put in special ramps for her mum, a special uh, wheelchair ramps, a special bed delivered with sensors and alarms, so if she got up in the night they would know. Well, if if I was that woman, I would sue. I would absolutely get to a lawyer as quick as possible. Who the bloody hell these social workers think they are is totally beyond me. That's disgusting. It is disgusting, isn't it? Absolutely. So she's back in this home... Uh, by social services. I tell you, they've got a lot to answer for, social services. We've, of course, you remember social services, don't you? Children get abused and murdered and attacked, all due to social services' ineptitude. We've seen them. We've seen the so-called people who claim to run them. Bloody waste of space. They're really, oh, so angry. And this, if this was my mother, I'd be going round to the social worker's house and beating the living daylights out of them. I get so angry. You can't do that. I know you can't, <laughs> but just think, what are you doing to tell me what I want to do with my mother? Oh, absolutely. She doesn't want to be there. Imagine if somebody came and snatched your mother from your house, how Mm. you would be feeling. Oh. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Doesn't even bear thinking. Can't even use words, ladies and gentlemen. Anyway, uh, we've got a... Oh, it's a how low today. That's all I need, a how low. Oh, actually, it's good for for Steve uh, Campen, because he was looking for a laptop. It's a Sony Vio. So uh, he can't enter. He can't. I know he can't enter. But you know. But it's nice just to wave it in his face and go. You could have entered. It could have yeah, been. You could have had this. You could have had this. Listen. Uh, we're going to take a short break. News headlines. Let me take more of your texts and emails. Eight four eight five zero. Steve at lbc.co.uk. Coming mm. Seventeen minutes past five. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. I'm so angry about the social services. Luckily, there is a picture of the uh, of the social services woman who's got sunglasses on her head. Uh, with this elderly lady, Mrs Fig, 
with a blanket thrown over her head as they take her out to the car. What they did, they turned up at the house, and uh, Mrs. Miss, Miss Fig said, well, you're not coming in, I'm terribly sorry, she's my mother, she's staying here. It's my mother! What is it you don't understand about that? Anyway, social worker then goes back, nasty little pieces of work they are, and comes back with a, with a court order. Because they've got that power, they break down the door and they snatch the woman back. I'll tell you, I mean, the last thing the police need is bad publicity, and this is not great publicity. Imagine if that was your mother. They stick a blanket over her head. It's absolutely disgusting, it really is. Paul. Steve, I'm I'm, I'm absolutely (laughs) speechless. I can't believe I'm reading something like that today. Go on, tell you to. Just put yourself in the same position. Go on, just. Horrible. Anyway. What can we do to lift the spirits? Oh, lift the spirits. A Scottish bus company is teaching its bemused Polish drivers, Glaswegian, (laughs) to help them understand their passengers. Glaswegian bus driver James Lillis learned basic Polish to enlighten foreign drivers who have no idea what their fares are saying. He's been explaining phrases such as Gizan o day te tutun. Whatever that means. It means give me me an all-day ticket to town. Is that Polish? <laughs> no, that's Glaswegian. Oh, right. And, uh... Gizan all day... I can't even read it. There we are. <laughs> Have a look at that one. OK. Uh, uh OK. No. Uh, You've got to try and, uh... Yeah. Gizan away day tetun. Sounds like you've had a drink, doesn't it, really? And, uh, one a, one a half, please. Which is one adult and a child, apparently. Why they can't say one adult and a child is beyond Neither me. Neither do I. <laughs> but apparently a lot of them understand normal English, it says right. here, having been taught at school. But when they come to Glasgow, they can't make out a word people say. They have trouble making out the meaning of common phrases such as big man and nay bother. Nay bother? Nay bother. The funny thing is, I would imagine out of all the languages and out of all the, the accents, Scottish is, I mean, you can understand it, but I remember once seeing a television programme and I think it was like the BBC went up there to talk to a Scottish farmer. And as he's talking, I, they put they put underneath what he was saying. Subtitles. They put subtitles well, up. I have, pro- <laughs> I have problems with Glaswegian. I think Edinburgh is very refined. Very, very refined. Very Brody. Yes, it is. And it's very nice. It's very nice. Mm. But Glaswegian's a bit rough and a bit um, uh, more intricate, shall we say. <laughs> and I can't understand it some of the time. You do. I used to get cabs up there because I used to go out to uh, Toll Cross. Right. Just outside of Glasgow. Indeed. And we used to get uh, cab drivers from the airport and they'd say, Aye, the Gorbals up there. And, and you'd pass this thing and I'd look in, because we'd heard about the Gorbals before, yeah. that no, no taxi driver ever delivered there. Well, it's actually quite smart now mm. and it's a bit better. But still the taxis in Glasgow have got the same as in Liverpool. It's like a metal grill between you and the driver. Yeah. And you put your money through a little thing and then he takes it out before he'll open the door. Well, well I lived stupid. for a while in Broughty Ferry. No. Broughty Ferry near Aye. Dundee. And the thing I remember about Broughty Ferry is the fish and chip shop there. <laughs> because <laughs> they do battered deep fried salmon, which is absolutely fantastic. Battered deep fried salmon. <gasps> Strangely yes. enough, Birdseye now make salmon fish fingers. Do they? And the advert on the television is yes, the funniest the, ever. Is there not a lot of potato in that, or is it all salmon? I don't know, because I've often said it's cheaper to eat uh, fresh salmon than it is to eat fish fingers, because if you take away the batter, the actual piece of fish in the middle works out very, very expensive. Mm. But they've got an advert on the television, and it's two, two fish fingers standing there, yes. you know, with their hands on their hips, and there's one fish finger saying, I'm salmon. And they're going... Oh, I prove it. And so you hear this zip going down, and then you see a bit of the uh, thing coming away, and the other two just fall backwards. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
the funniest <laughs> thing ever. Oh, we should try that. It's so, yes, I quite fancy fish. In fact, because you can't yeah. beat a fish finger sandwich. No, maybe not. You can't beat a fish finger sandwich. Uh, Paul says in Manchester, maybe a daft question, but as the woman had fitted out the room for her mum, surely somebody from social services must have come to check it out. No. No, you can, I mean, put it this way, you know, you can adapt any room. Social services don't need to come and vet it. But I would have thought, it's, if it's your mum, you, what's it got to do with somebody else interfering? There's nothing with these social workers. They're bright pains in the arses. They really are. Well, well, more, it, you remember that woman who was head of Haringey Social Services, appealing against her dismissal? <laughs> Ghastly woman. We don't want you. Go oh, away. Horrible people. Horrible. Absolutely. But, uh, you know, if you, I, I suppose the problem it, is because she was taken out of the care home. If this was sorted and she'd gone from her own home back to live with her daughter, this wouldn't have happened. Not that I'm condoning it hmm. one little bit, because it, it, it's just it's just disgusting. I feel sorry. I'll tell you what the other thing is, I, and we, we were talking about this to someone. Who was I talking about it to? Oh, my friend Graham. We were talking about how much care homes cost. I said, on average, you're looking at about £3,000 a month for a care home. It's cheaper to book into a travel lodge, to be honest with you. And <laughs> a lot cheaper. And, and that's 36000 a year. Well, many people, they have to sell their houses to pay these fees. Why don't the British look after their elderly people? The British don't. Every other race. You won't find any black people in, uh, in care homes. You won't find any Asian people or China. Yeah. Because these families put them in there. You look at any programme on China and who's living there? The grandmother, the mm-hmm. grandfather, the relative. They all muck in together. Here, you get to be elderly and we go, I think we're going to put you in a home, Mum. What? Yeah, going well, in I a home. Ne- I would never do that. No. Never, well, ever, you wouldn't ever. because your mum, you know, alternates with living with you. My friend Lynn, exactly the same. She's from Wales. Yeah, but I, I just wouldn't do it. Uh, and, and going to, uh, to Thailand a lot, I see the, the family structure there. They don't have this ridiculous social service that we have here, which mm. is far from a service a lot of the time. Uh, and the family look after the, the older people. Mm. And it's expected... Yes, you know, they, we, and they like being part of the family. I mean, Chinese <coughs> families, of course they do. They actually cook. They do everything. They help out the mum in the house, and that's that's considered part of it. You know, my mum said something to me about, "Oh, I'm a, a nuisance to you." The other day, and I said, "Don't be so ridiculous." So my mum said that. Yeah, but, she said I'm a bit of a burden. Yeah, but don't you believe that when you're young, they look after you, and when you're they're old, you look after them? Yeah. Isn't that the way no. it should be? Well. People don't think like that, I'm afraid. All they think about is, how can we get her into a home as quick as possible, flood no, no, the house no, no, and make no, no. a bit of money? They do. Yes, I know they do, but it's wrong. I know it's wrong. And, it, and it's because of this nanny state that we live in. It's just dreadful, isn't it? But that's why you don't find it. And this place is called... When you're dealing with, with councils, they don't understand how individuals work, do they? They, 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 they? All they see is, it's like, you're a number. Wait a minute, Mrs So-and-so, what, what, what do you know about her? Well, she was in this home. And they just, they just shunt them backwards and forwards. I've seen people on these old people's buses... They don't know where they are. Nobody talks to them, just got somebody who drives it. It's just... Oh, don't get me. <laughs> just so glad my parents aren't here anymore. Uh, in the How Low, <clears throat> it's a Sony Vio laptop. It can be won by 7pm this evening. It's a Sony. I don't need to tell you anything else. That kind of says it all, doesn't it? Uh, this one's got 250 gigabytes of hard drive. Great for surfing the net. And keeping in touch by email, you can log on anywhere that's got Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi. Lowest unique bid will win... The lowest unique bid in pence that nobody else makes. Get your bids in by 7pm today. You text LBC, followed by your bid in pence, and send it to treble 821. So LBC, your bid in pence, and then treble 821. For a Sony Vio laptop, 
You know, I'm not going to mess around with this one today. It's going to go at 7pm this evening. The bid will cost pound fifty plus your standard network rate. Lines close at 7pm today. Must be over 16. Go to lbc.co.uk for full terms and conditions. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Another one here. This is, uh, apparently the BBC are screening a remake of Reggie Perrin tomorrow. Fantastic. Is this a remake too far? Do you know, we said yesterday, I really couldn't oh, bear Reggie Perrin. It's a remake. remake. Yes, with uh, Martin Clunes, which is the, the saving grace Hmm. We quite like that idea, actually. Uh, Steve, I'm from London, and I'm now studying at the University of Glasgow. I find the accent really difficult to start with, but it's getting better. At times, I still struggle. Well, the Glaswegian accent, out just outside of Glasgow, is very thick. But Paul's right. The Edinburgh accent is terribly refined. I, Dr Nuki. Hello? <laughs> you know, they're all very... Janet and all that kind of stuff. It always works very well indeed. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. We have some more of these in. Trump, I've lost my blooming text message. Where have they disappeared to? Obviously, one minute you've got them. Although Johnny Brixton says, I'm always up for a laugh, but I saw a picture of Susan Boyle after her makeover. This charade could backfire, and those involved should be very careful with their misguided intentions. I think Simon Cowell has pushed his control and manipulation to breaking point. Even the biggest supporters of his style of show must now understand how contrived every minute is. And we said that the other day. It is. Every single thing is worked out. It's beautifully crafted television. The idea being, at the end of the day, not only to make a television programme, but to get you to buy an album. It's as simple as that. They're selling an album. He's not doing this for charity. Re-salmon fish fingers. They're made from 100% salmon fillet, says Oliver. So there you go. Well, we've got to rush off and buy yes, some Yes, we might try those. We? Because I have to be honest, I, I do like a uh, fish finger sandwich. Yeah, and you don't do fish. And I don't really do... Well, I, I do scampi and fish fingers. It's about, about as far as but I do can do. you do salmon? Yes, I, I've got salmon in the fridge at the moment. What I tend mm. to do with it, oh, I... Oh, yes, of course you do. You do the... Uh, I do the salmon Yes, the steamed. M&S one. Yeah, the yes. M&S. I put two of those fillets in, flip them over on each side, and then put over the top some uh, leeks and uh, cabbage and other things. It comes in a bag. Mashed sprouts and cook them for three days. That's right, yes. Everybody yeah. laughs about my sprouts. I'm the only person who just sprouts of five hours. <laughs> Very low heat, of course. <laughs> Don't do them boiling. Uh, and then you do that, and then I mash up the, uh, the salmon, or as, as they call it in the best places, flake it. So we flake the salmon. Of course, mine's, cooked for five mine's been cooked for five hours. It falls apart food. anyway. <laughs> There's no chance of lifting it out in one piece. <laughs> <laughs> and then I use a bit of Hellman's real mayonnaise, but low. I use the, uh, the low fat thing. Mm-hmm. Well, it says light. I don't know if it's lighter than anything else. And that's particularly delicious. <laughs> that's, an, that's a meal an elderly person could cook for themselves as well. Yes, so there's today's economy. You can suck it through a straw. <laughs> Absolutely. Everybody laughs about my vegetables. I don't know why. I'm, 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 I'm doing quite well. Listen, I mean, I haven't reached the age of 38 without learning how to steam items. Uh, so, the, the budget in five seconds, 2p on petrol, 4p on wine, 13p on spirits, 50% top tax rate, UK slumps 3.5%, and the new debt is £175 billion. OK, who's paying for it? Answer, you are. It's LBC, it's Steve Allen's early breakfast, and you're very welcome. LBC 97.3, Steve Allen. Text 84850. So, sad news this morning, apart from the, uh, the budget, is the fact that little Oreo, the snow leopard that we uh, so lovingly put on YouTube, uh, passed away. Absolutely adorable. Many of you visited over the last few months and uh, died at the weekend. You'll remember she suffered brain damage at birth, so her life 
uh, you know, wasn't expected to be long. But she had a good innings, and we put a little video up there. If you go to www.youtube.com forward slash Steve Allen Show, we'll put a link on, and then you can have a look at that uh, a little bit later on. Lovely, lovely, adorable, absolutely adorable creature. Really lovely. Uh, Very quickly here, another one uh, from Paul. Says, so right about the family thing. We had an Italian family next door to us. Not only had the parents living with them, but their grandparents as well. You see, and that makes it all part of... Fa- we don't do family in this country, do we? Why no. don't we do family? I don't know what... In Wales, they do family. It's because of this nanny state. It's the easy option. Yeah. And, and I don't think it's right. Yes, well, it's, it's not right, actually. It's not right. Uh, Steve, why would they let this woman take her mother home and then come and take her back to the home? Um, well, I don't think they knew she was going to be taken out of the home. That was the whole thing. Her, her mother had said to her, she didn't want to be there. So she took her out. The home obviously decided otherwise. Although I would have thought, you know, if you can't do something with your own parents nowadays, what can you do? It's all a little bit depressing, but I'm sure it will work itself out in the fullness of time. Gillian Kingsbury says, I didn't sleep last night, so I'm looking forward to turning you on because it's Nathan Morley Day. Certainly is. And uh, we'll have a chat to him in uh, just one second. And uh, Danny says, you can get a fish finger sandwich in Marks and Spencer's. No, you can't. Don't be so stupid. I know Marks and Spencer's catalogue backwards. Why would you better buy something that is soggy? You've got to have them fresh and hot. So that's why you'd never do that. Honestly, how stupid are some people? Uh, Kim says, well said, re-care homes. I've never seen one in Spain in 35 years. We're very quick to dump parents because of careers and time. It's true. And generally speaking, they've got a house that you can flog. That's what people do it for. Eight four eight five zero Steve at LBC. But many people have to sell their houses to pay the fees in these homes. I know. I mean, an average fee in a home would be about seven hundred pounds a week. Seven hundred pounds a week for what? For getting somebody out of bed. I mean, I know through bitter experience, somebody who works in a care home. If somebody dies, they can't get them out the room quick enough and the room decorated because the next there's a waiting list of people waiting to go in their families, willing to dump their relatives. You can understand it if it's something very serious and there aren't any relatives. If somebody's seriously ill and they've got to be looked after. Talking to people who need looking after, Nathan Morley is our boy in Cyprus. Good morning, Nathan. Yes, very good morning. What a lovely conversation, talking about dumping your parents, paying 700 quid a week, but you get their house. It's part of death dividends. Well, I mean, it, it, it is useful. I mean, it, it, is, it is the bonus getting the house, isn't it? Because you need to sell the house to pay the fees. Yes, I suppose so. But that's a very uh, British and American tradition, shoving your parents into old people's homes. It's not heard of here. It's, uh, it's fine. I actually don't know if we, ever have, if we have any uh, private old uh, care homes. Most, well, there's yours. Most elderly... Sorry, I beg your pardon? There's yours. Well, yes, I have Your house is, but, relatively speaking, a care home, isn't it? It is. It, well, you're right about that, yes. Obviously, I have my own staff of carers and helpers who mm-hmm. are here to, to make sure, you know, that I don't, uh, you know, stray. But, uh-huh. but other than that, I think it's the only, the only care house in Cyprus because pa- uh, parents tend to, tend to stay with their children here, yeah. you know, and, and, until the day they die. It's, um, uh, it's also the same in Turkey as well. Yes. I know that uh, it's a great tradition there. You look after... They looked after you. You look after them. Of course, that's, that's how it, it works. If it, if it wasn't for them, you wouldn't be here. I yeah, don't understand yeah. why people would, would, would then sort of say that, you know, oh, I'm terribly sorry, Mum, Mum's very old now, we're going to shove her in a care home. But we're, we're all celebrating yeah. here today. We are celebrating the fact that we're English because it's <laughs> St George's Day. <laughs> so I'm English and proud of it. 
Is it St George's Day today? It is absolutely today, St George's Day. Well, you see, Land of it. hope and glory, and all the rest oh, of it. Oh, how funny is that? I have listening this week <laughs> in my car. It's meant to be singing. funny. <laughs> <laughs> in my car this week, yeah. I, 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 I'm listening to Elgar. I picked up an Elgar CD in the music store a few weeks ago. Oh, I ago. love him on X Factor. And, yeah. And, and uh, so, so I've actually been listening to Elgar, and Land of Hope and Glory, of course, pops up on this oh. on this uh, disc I'm listening to. It's so nice I, you I, have current record stores there. And, well, we, yeah, this is this is a top tenner. It's a yes, new so one. It's called, it's, it's called, you know, Elgar Gets It Right, and it's, <laughs> it's a very groovy piece of music, and uh, um, I am very, very, very keen on him. I, I'm more of a Tchaikovsky and Mozart person, but I have to say, for a bit of pomp and circumstance, there's nothing, there's oh. nothing like it when driving down the motorway. No, I d- listen, I think we have the best patriotic music ever. I think we've got some fantastic stuff. You do. Brit- uh, England does have the best patriotic, but it has the worst patriots. And, and mm. you know, you, every Everybody in Britain seems to uh, completely undervalue their identity, or not in Britain, I should say in England, you know. And so English people really don't have any identity anymore. I mean, they say you can't even put it on the document. You can't write that you're English, can you? I'm telling everybody I'm English. Steve, I'm English Alan. You know, March the 1st, (laughs) we all run around in Wales wearing our dafts, and the very adventurous ones wear a leek. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you don't see anything here for St George's Day. No. No, you just told me it was St George's Day, and I had no idea. Now, that's shocking, isn't it? Yeah, but also, I'm, I'm uh, wondering, I, I, did you know it was Shakespeare's birthday as well? Uh, no, but then again, I really have no interest in Shakespeare or his birthday. So, so uh, you, you know, it was very good. There was a piece the other day, should we update Shakespeare? Should we kind of, you know, bring him up to date? And I was thinking, as I was listening to yes, please, let's do that, because... I, I, I'm, I'm not a, you know, a simpleton, but I can't stand the Shakespearean English. Oh, uh, especially, I like uh, I, I, I can't follow it, really. You know, I have enough problems listening to rap music. Yes, oh, you know, what, the he- what the hell are they talking about with all their homies and, you know, my, my man and homies? And then you've got Shakespeare. I mean, why don't we sing properly anymore? Yeah. But, I, I, uh, I do find it odd. As I was coming in this morning, there were a couple of, uh, let's just call them feral youths in cars driving around. Might not have been theirs, I don't know. And, and they were kind of talking like the window like this, for all their friends. And, afraid, and, and I'm thinking, do you speak like this normally? Do your parents understand what you're saying? And the answer is well, probably not. They do. They, do, they do speak like that normally. You know, a lot of these, this, it's, it's the, the youth talk, you know, in it. You know, but, but, uh, well, why I'm do they innit? speak like that? Because it's just so, they're, they're just inarticulate. Where can you ever put them for a job? Badly educated bum idiots. That's what they are. Bad, and they need to clout around the year old. And but what do they think they're going to do for a living? I, I, I worry about the youth of today, especially some of these feral ones that are out till four in the morning. You think, so what do you do for a living? The answer is, you don't do anything. You're actually a sponger. And they're out there, and you think, where are you going to be working in a few years' time? We work for a living. <laughs> you can't have somebody on the way going, like this. Room. A friend of mine Working in your living messages. room at four in the morning, nicking your tape recorder. That's what they'll be doing. Yeah. And, you know, the, the Francis Urquhart was right. Uh, we should have introduced national conscription. National oh, I agree, totally. <laughs> get it right. Said, as I say, a friend of mine sends me text messages in this kind of speech, and I have no idea what he's saying. Yes, I know. I got a letter the other day. For that. I have no idea what they were talking about. <laughs> I've had to pass it on to the translation department at Global. <laughs> 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 now, listen, I don't I mean, do text No, last Saturday, very funny on, on Rick Sat. Uh, when you were amused oh. by your last news item. What, what which was? Uh, the, the priest being chased around the church by the Greek flag bearers. <laughs> oh, did you mean there were actually people in England watching me on the television? Apparently so. 
Well, you see, uh, that, that, that's just bad. They really need to, to do... <laughs> you need better TV channels They're yourself. just informing <laughs> me of what you're doing. That's, uh, that's why oh, Margaret crikey. has written in. Well, I have been on television a lot the past month uh, doing the evening news, yeah. and, um, and I was in the north of Cyprus covering the yeah. elections the other day for, for The Voice of America, who I work for as well. And, and I was thinking to myself, as I was listening to Elgar in the car, I need a bloody holiday. And I was thinking, <laughs> I was thinking all the places I could go on, on holiday, and I've come to the conclusion, I'm going to go to Berlin, I think. And, uh, you, you know, Sari, my wife, has said, I'm not going to Berlin. And so have you ever sat there with, with a partner or a friend and thought to yourself, where can we both agree on for a holiday that's different and actually both agree on something? No. <laughs> so, no, I'm no, going no. to Berlin. Who's staying here? Berlin, yes. We're, so. we're actually going to the Arctic Circle. Well, that's very nice. Yes, we, we like very that. Very nice. <laughs> Yeah, no, Arctic Circle's very nice. But it it but took it, us um, five minutes to agree on that. The family went, we're going to the Arctic Circle. Nathan went, yes. Charlotte went, yes. Danielle didn't know what we were talking about. And uh, Chris and Shan said, yes, so we're going, I think, with, with, with everybody. Are you going to the Finnish Arctic Circle? Uh, I think so, yes. Because we, well, we quite like Finland, mainly because in Finland we're actually considered attractive. So that's quite nice. So we, <laughs> we go there. <laughs> Any country where we think we look good, we go. Uh, you know, Sari is furious with your remarks, and I have—I've I've had a whisper that the ambassador of Finland mm-hmm. in London is really angry about your comments about pasty fins. No, no, just listen. You know? I, while we were over there, I mean, I, I did try and take pictures of unattractive people, but in the end, my camera ran out of film, and <laughs> it, 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 I just wanted sort of a, a snapshot of the country. I don't think we saw one attractive person. No, well, um, yeah, well you see, this, is the, this is the dilemma I have. I want to agree with you, but I can't. So because I you're married to a Finn. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. oh, well, that's the exception to the rule. She's yes. lovely. But, the, but, but generally speaking, the ones where we were, they were a little bit feral. Yes, yes. I, 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 I don't think I'm going to go any further, because there are lots of Finns in London. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and most of them start their own local newspapers. Where are you disappearing and, to? You're moving, aren't you? Oh, sorry. Am I cracking up? Yeah, it goes completely. Oh, right. Let me stand over here, then. I'll stand okay. over to Mr. Stand, Chad. Stand over uh, there. OK. Yeah, yeah go, go and stand over there. Right. Uh, have better. you got me now? Yes, I've got you now, yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. You stick I'm your actually, aerial out the I'm window. Actually, <laughs> I'm actually talking to you from Cyprus. Wow. So, anyway... <laughs> 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 I, can't, I can't even remember what I was saying, and as I only got back from the pub two hours ago, I don't think I care anymore. <laughs> Do you know how they ever let you on television? God alone knows. In, or even in the look, country. I, look, man, on t- TV, not only charming, uh, <laughs> charming and, and, and uh, good, good looking, obviously, Steve. Did you hear that, Paul? Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm prepared to sit there and read news. I mean, who's prepared to do that in this day and age? You know, there's no gimmick. We had Monroe Forbes here at front. He was the Forbes. He was the uh, editor of IT, ITN, ITV News at 10. All right, yeah. And, and he came over to revamp the news and made us all stand up. That oh. lasted about five minutes. Yes, well, it <laughs> lasts this morning. For anybody who actually caught it, Sky News, they, they, they start in, in the morning Sky News with a big, long tracking shot. And unfortunately, the tracking shot this, mo- this morning involved the girl sitting there looking down, pretending she's kind of shuffling her scripts, and then some bloke walking across the back and standing there staring <laughs> up at the set. It was hilarious. <laughs> it was like a scene out of a movie. I thought, I quite clearly, nobody's told this fat lardy that you're actually on air now, matey. Get off the set. God, dear, well, nothing worse. Is, uh, 
Nothing worse. Do you know, at, at our station, about four years ago, because we have a big problem with cats at the TV studios. It's a oh. very big television studio complex. We have a lot of feral cats in Cyprus. Do you know, once one guy was going on to read the news and a cat fell through the roof onto him <laughs> just about ten seconds before he went on air. <laughs> and they didn't get it on tape. I mean, that would have been a dead Oh, that's... Cla- you imagine sitting there reading it, the cat drops through the ceiling. I mean, you would absolutely, wouldn't you? It's got to go on the Christmas tape. It's got to go Christmas tape. <laughs> Angela Lansbury, they announced on the evening news that Angela Lansbury had died, and obviously has, she hasn't, and no. she still isn't with, she, she's still with us, and they never retracted it. So everybody in Cyprus think Angela Lansbury died oh. years ago. <laughs> I get letters like that every day from people. Dear Steve Allen, we heard you died. We heard your show. You did. <laughs> Listen, we'll talk to you next week. Yes, we should put out a retraction, really, shouldn't we? Yes, exactly. <laughs> we, we actually apologise in advance for Nathan Morley. <laughs> We're so sorry. He's only recently back from the pub. (laughs) Thanks very much. Have a nice week. And you guys. God bless. Bye. Nathan Morley, rarely off television. Rarely off LBC, actually. Rarely off the booze. (laughs) Rarely off booze. He's the only man who actually starts off the programme by saying, I'm just back from the pub. We never heard anything like it. Anyway, listen, uh, we'll take a short uh, break. Back with more in a moment. L, sorry, 84850. Steve, I can't even speak then. It's the budget. It's the effects of the... You watch. Today, there'll be lots of very long faces at LBC. All the presenters, mainly up until about the afternoon. We're going, "Mm, 50% tax, 50% tax. There'll be people on all the other stations in this building. "Mm, 50% tax. There'll be a lot of people standing outside the front. "Mm, 50% tax. And me, I'll be going... 50% 50% tax. <laughs> anyway, we'll take a short break. News headlines. Out paying for the stuff you don't. LBC 97.3. Nick Ferrari at breakfast continues London's biggest conversation this morning from 7. LBC 97.3. Morning, everybody. Nice to have a company. It's Thursday morning. A lot of depressed people going around. Ooh, cigarettes are up. Booze is up. After the uh, the Chancellor yesterday, you probably heard it on LBC. You were hearing all the comments. Everybody else saying exactly the same things that we'll be saying today. David and Vid uh, <laughs> say, don't don't leave the country from Tyanice. They say, good morning. Become a tax exile. We'd miss you too much. No chance of becoming a tax exile. <laughs> Paul. Steve, Shirley Temple's birthday today. Hey. Hey. And go on, at home, have a guess how old Shirley Temple is today. 81. 81. 81. And she's a, she's a, a diplomat now, isn't yes. she? Yes. Shirley Temple Black. Get, she tried to make it to adult films. I've actually got a lot of... I've got Pardon? a box set to you adults. Mean, you, mean, you mean more mature films? More mature films, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I just <laughs> no. regretted the connotation of adult films. I do beg your pardon. But uh, she, it, it didn't work. When she had her first screen kiss, the public uh, went, oh, no, we don't like that. They loved her as a little talented girl. And what she did, and she was very, very good. I mean, she really was very, very good. But I think every generation throws up somebody like Shirley Temple. And uh, she was cute as buttons. And 81 she is today, so many happy returns. Doris Day is still with us, all these people. Indeed, Doris Day. So, uh, so that's good news, isn't it? We like that. You want another one? Yes, anyway, on. a German scientist is claiming to have proved that fish can become seasick. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> Why would they waste time doing this? Well, his name is Dr Reinhold Hilbig. Of course it is. Yes, and he's a zoologist from Stuttgart. He studied the effects of weightlessness in water as part of a research into how humans are affected in space. 49 fish in a mini-aquarium. This seems totally <laughs> uh, separate from the other sentence. Uh, 49 fish in a mini-aquarium were set up, sent up in a plane that went into a steep dive 
simulating the loss of gravity astronauts encounter in space. He said eight of the fish began turning around and around in circles. <laughs> I probably would as well. They completely lost their sense of balance, behaving like humans who get seasick, said Dr Hilbig. The fish lost their orientation. They became completely confused and looked like they were about to vomit. <laughs> in the wild, such a seasick fish would become prey for others because they're incapable of feeling from <laughs> fleeing from danger. The eight seasick fish were later culled and their brains examined oh. to try and determine the exact cause of their seasickness. Like they didn't know it was to do with the plane going down. It would seem the loss of eye contact with water movement of vibrations plays a large part in their disorientation, said Dr Hilbig. Poor souls, Poor honestly. fish. Equal rights for fish. That's right. Uh, thank you to Dawn, who's found the website where you can get these visor hats. They were advertising them in the paper the other day. It's a sun visor hat, but it's got hair on the top. It's built onto a toupee. It's for bald people. And you could put, and I thought it looked quite, they, they stuck one on a baby and one on somebody else. They look quite good. She said, however, it's an American site. They do deliver to the UK, but she says, and a, oh, plum, I tell you, plastic is a bit, um, you know, take my teeth out with this thing. It's really difficult to do. And it's the reproduction. You can buy it now. It's called the uh, A to Z Atlas and Guide of London and Suburbs. And it's got... Um, it was founded in 1936, the uh, the map company. See, I always thought it was much older than that. Oh, did you? Much older. Well, I'll tell you, the plastics were... were well, where, where would you have got a map of London before that? Um, I don't know. I don't know, but here it comes in its own little box. It must have been one. It's... Oh, my goodness, it's absolutely beautiful. It's printed... Look at, it even smells old. It even smells old. It's absolutely... What a nice oh, present gosh. this would make. Yes, it's printed on yellowed paper. Yes, yellowed paper with, with sort of things on there. And um, and it's the A to Z recently re-released their first edition map of London. And Cathy says, I hope you enjoy it and find it interesting. It's beautiful, isn't it? Just many thanks to you and your chums for hours of blissful entertainment. Aren't you lucky? She says, having been listening and podcasting for several years now, I thought it was about time to give you a little something back. Now, that's what I like. Look at that. What? The map of central London mm. has the important buildings on it. Oh, right. Does the, does the current one have that? I've got no idea. got no idea. Sense. We've all got sat-navs. Yes. It's wonderful, though, isn't that's it? Prob that's probably why they're doing things like this, you know. It, uh, and the theatres. A map of the theatres. What a lovely book. With all the old names of the theatres, It's course. got 23,000 streets. It's got a large coloured map. And um, copyright the publishers, Geographers Map Co. Hi Hoban. Gosh, it's, it's really nice. Marble Arch Pavilion on here. I didn't know there was such a thing. There's theatre. How lovely. Uh, somebody said in one of the papers today, they found it quite interesting that uh, Jackie Budden, who is Jade Goody's uh, mother, yes. you remember Jackie Budden, mm -hmm. uh, having, uh, and I think it was Kelvin McKenzie who might have said it, I think it could be Kelvin, um, or certainly somebody very similar, has said, after Jay died, would, was she not going around saying, can the family now please have some privacy? Can you leave us alone? And whoever it was said, ever since then, she's done nothing but turn up on television, sell stories to OK magazine. Now is the time, and all the critics are saying, that in a few years we're going to be going, what an absolute farce that whole Jade Goody thing was, I'm afraid. Uh, because having had the mother saying, you know, leave us alone, now she's selling stories about Jade asked me to smother her, Jade asked me for this, Jade left this for you. We've had enough of it, Jackie, OK? Enough already. Go away and stop, stop boring people, for God's sake. Uh, there's also a picture of the paper today. It's badly filmed, 
but it's, it's, it purports to show a 12-year-old girl uh, filmed kicking and beating a dog. She's 12. Um, this, uh, she, she took this dog. It's not her dog. She takes it out. She's walking it for its owner. And at one point, she kicks the pup 14 times, knees it, I mean, yes, knees it 26 times, and hits it with its lead eight times. She slaps it 17 times and stamps on it. This is a 12-year-old. This is what we're breeding in this country. This is, this is feral use. After seeing the video, the owner, who has a, a mobility scooter, says, I'm never going to let her near the dog ever again. I mean, quite clearly, this, this girl is mentally ill at 12. He said, I can't believe it. He said, uh, she's supposed to be well-treated. She's supposed to be teaching him to walk on a lead. What she did is not right. What a disgusting piece of work she is. But her stunned dad shook his head in disbelief after seeing the film. He said, I don't understand where this has come from. It's your, it's your daughter, mate. It's your daughter. Yes. Why don't you just take her on the Jeremy Kyle show and we can all point fingers at her? It's disgusting, it really is. Needs to get to know his daughter, obviously. But, but people don't, do they? They go, no. I have no idea. That's how... Oh, a lot of people are saying Stephen Fry should replace St George as the patron <laughs> saint of England. I love Stephen Fry, but, but no. No, thank you very much indeed. <laughs> we agree with that. Uh, Steve, well done for keep saying Happy St George's Day. Well, I think we should say Happy St George's Day. Absolutely. Why not? The Welsh go around saying... Happy Yaki St. David, Yaki Dar, and Happy <laughs> St. David's Day, and stuff like that. So I think we should say Happy St. George's Day. I know that uh, my very good friend Johnny Vaughan uh, is going to be saying Happy St. George's Day today. We should all go around wearing a red rose. Well, we today. should do, shouldn't we? Bowler hats and stuff like that. You should be proud. You should be proud. Great country. <laughs> Except if you've got Bongella, they're now saying that the gel used on teething babies and kids with mouth ulcers, out mouth mouth ulcers. Has been banned for the under 16s over fears it could cause a deadly brain and liver condition. This oh. is a huge piece in the uh, paper today. There have been uh, no confirmed cases of Ray's syndrome associated with Bongella or Bongella Cool, but uh, they're just being, they're erring on the side of caution. They're saying not for the under 16s. So there you go. Yes, I'm sure they'll batter down your door and take your tube of Bongella if you're not careful. Do you know that if you buy eye, eye drops in the chemist, they have to show the chemist that you're buying them? At my age, you go in there to... Occasionally I bought eye... You know, if you're feeling a bit tired, mm. you put some eye drops in. Mm -hmm. And the, the girl behind the counter at the out and go, Two eye dues. And then they ask, have you used them before? I go, no, it's a suppository, isn't it? You know, just to really <laughs> amuse them. <laughs> and then yesterday... Laugh upon laugh. I go to Mark Suspensers to buy some, well, let's just call it undergarments. And, um, and the elderly lady behind the counter in Kingston, there's, there's one girl there, they obviously were, were not gainfully employed because the woman uh, took, took the money and the other girl had to put them in the bag and she was going to put them in a big bag and the, the older woman said, no, no, put them in a smaller bag. I thought, you know, we just spent £60 on pants. Oh, sorry, I've said it. Oh, dear, oh, there's me giving it away. So the woman says to me, have you ever thought, pointing to the front of the counter, of having a Marks and Spencers card? I said, I don't think so. Oh, she said. I said, well, well, your interest rates, they're 19%. I said, have you been out there in the real world? And so she goes, well, it's, it's not 19% straight away, it's 10.5%. I said, have you been in the real world? Actually, and they look Steve, at you like you're stupid. I have to tell you, that's not too bad. Oh, I know. I had even a, so. I had a, a mail shot through the post the other day for a credit card, automatically approved, here it is, you can have it. Yeah. £1,000 credit. I thought, oh, 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 how nice. What do I want that for, £1,000 yeah. credit? 39.9% basic. Yes. You read the, the the bit on the back, and if you withdraw cash yes, from the cash extra. machine, 79.9%. Oh, 
That is appalling. That is absolutely appalling. I meant to bring it in so I could tell you which credit card it Good was. Good Lord. Well, you but, know, the, uh, the worst uh, ones I'll used to, to be uh, Dixon's and Curry's, and they were 36% uh, APR. And you think, 36 But even when we had sort of, you know, low inflation, 36% was an absolute mm. fortune. But for some mm. people, that's the only way to do it. But unfortunately, it's people who can't afford who get penalised, which is a shame. Listen, short break for the uh, news at six o'clock. More of your texts and emails, steve at lbc.co.uk or 84850. <gasps> oh, no! What did he say? Well, I just got home and ran up the stairs really quickly and hid it under the bed. What are you going to do when he sees it? Well, I always do. He'll say, oh, is that new? And I'll say, no, you've seen this before. <laughs> you are naughty. Somehow, women always find a way to get what they really want. So when they want sugar in their coffee without all the calories, there's Splendor low-calorie sweetener. Replace a teaspoon of sugar with Splendor each day and save nearly 7,000 calories a year. Say yes to the sweeter things in life with Splendor. Morning, everybody. You're waking up to the aftermath of Budget Day. Morning, everybody. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. The sun comes up. Doom and gloom settle over the country as people suddenly realise that they're actually going to be a darn sight worse off than they were just a matter of hours ago. In fact, they're going to be talking, of course, about the budget with Nick Ferrari after 7 o'clock. Nick will be speaking to the Chancellor about his new plans for the UK economy, uh, plus George Osborne giving his views on the budget. Uh, the paper reviewer is David Buick today, a partner with uh, uh, BGC Partners. Uh, plus, they're going to be talking to oh, Judy James, the body language expert on Gordon Brown. I've got no idea why. I'm sorry, I hate those sort of experts. Well, it's by reading, you know, she, watch, watch, she watches him and, and she can tell by watching him what he's really thinking. We know what he's really thinking. <laughs> you don't need a body expert. No. You know. Uh, plus, they're talking about uh, raising bowel cancer awareness. One of the biggest killers of men, bowel cancer. People don't talk about it. They're too frightened to talk about it because it's below the waist, and so nobody ever discusses it. Uh, and that'll be with Stephanie Moore, founder of the Bobby Moore um, Bowel Cancer Awareness Fund, and also Bobby's widow, of course. They're talking about uh, cars, petrol costs, and uh, should the morning after pill be allowed to advertise on television? I think you should be allowed to advertise anything on television. I'm really sorry. I think absolutely anything. Anything at all. So there you go, that's my humble opinion. Uh, Lorraine, I cannot remember uh, who the artist was yesterday who sounded like James Brown. Uh, no doubt uh, Dawn will be able to tell you. Oh, I must tell you very quickly. So, Dawn, fingers and ears, OK? It's Hell's Kitchen gossip. La, 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 OK? Fingers and ears. Bruce Grobelar walked out last night. He walked out before the programme aired. And the reason is, he's missing his wife. What a drip. What is the point of being booked for a TV programme when you can't even manage it. We had Anthea Turner the other day sobbing on the kitchen floor because Grant Bovey, apparently a celebrity now, only in his own tiny mind, was kicked out. And now Bruce Grobelart walks out because he misses his wife. If I, I would be furious if I had paid, you know, somebody a huge amount of money, probably in excess of £40,000, to come on television to revitalise a career that died, Bruce, incidentally, years ago... Uh, and to get you to cook. And then you walk out going, I miss my wife. You're quite clearly a complete and utter waste of space. Paul. Steve. <laughs> Cattle brought back so from cross this morning. <laughs> <laughs> I know we all are, aren't we? Bitter and twisted yeah. this morning. Cattle brought back from extinction by Hitler have achieved what he never could by invading England. Uh, the herd of legendary beasts seen as symbols of Nazi might is grazing in Devon. 
It's the first time they've set hoof here in 4,000 years, um, the last, when the last ones to roam Britain were killed. The cattle price for their six-foot horns were hunted to extinction in the rest of Europe four centuries ago. Hitler ordered his top genetics expert to resurrect them because they featured heavily in German mythology. Ooh. Using domesticated breeds descending from the wild animals, they were bred back just before the Second World War. Dairy farmer Derek Gow, who's imported nine cows and four bulls at his farm in Lifton in Devon, said they were wild as wild as bulls. That's what it says here. As wild as <laughs> wild as bulls. They are bulls. Um, young men hunted them as in preparation for battle, and also their six-foot horns were used as drinking vessels and war horns. Specimens from Belgium are officially called Heck cattle, the surname of the geneticist brothers who helped led the experiment. So there we are. They're, they're living in Devon. I'm still waiting, and I remember asking somebody after Jurassic Park came out whether or not it would be possible to take v- DNA from mosquitoes and then recreate it. And somebody said, well, actually, no, it's not really. No, it it seems not. plausible, but it's not at all possible. Yeah, not at the moment. No. Oh, do you think answer. it might be? Well, that's what I've heard. It, it, the answer is not at the moment. But, they're, you know, they're going ahead in um, in the development of genetics all the time, and and, uh, and forensic genetics particularly. Hmm. And uh, who knows, in the future, maybe. Can you imagine if you actually... Uh, in, in years to come, you go down to London Zoo and they say, and we have a Tyrannosaurus. Yes. You go, really? Really? Yeah. I'd love to see a woolly mammoth. That's the thing I'd love to see. Yeah. A woolly mammoth. Know, well, why. do you remember there was one came up a short while ago? Yes, but I mean alive. Apparently, blue, blue tongue, Hugh's got a thing about, these, these animals. Blue it's tongue. helping to import blue tongue. Oh, really? Yes. That's a disease, isn't it? Apparently so. I don't know. I mean, it depends if you've eaten those Smarties that have got the blue colouring in, <laughs> in which case you get roughly the same effect. You're just not wandering around, wandering around with cattle. <laughs> Hugh knows about blue tongue. In fact, he knows about the oddest things. He really does. He has gloves that go all the way up to here. Very strange. Anyway, so <laughs> can't imagine why. One only has a guess at what goes on at those young farmers' do's. So, um, yes, a woolly mammoth. They said they'd found one in... Uh, in the Antarctic or something, or in the frozen tundra. And I remember thinking, God, a, the very idea yeah. that you would go down a tunnel and it was, and that National Geographic magazine were going to do it, and then at the very end, frozen in ice, would be a woolly mammoth. Yes. And it was such a disappointment when you went down there, and it wasn't, it wasn't what you wanted it to be. I wanted something to be frozen in time where it had fallen into a ravine yeah. and been preserved complete with all the hair, but it wasn't that at all. And that was just a shame. They ha- but you I know, have... they've, they've discovered them with hair on them, so they know that they're, Complete they're kind of reddish-brown. Um, or just bits that of I, it. That I don't know. I think it's bits of it, because what we want is something... There was that guy, wasn't there, who, who perished in... He was climbing a mountain or something, and they found his completely preserved leg up there, and they had a photograph in the paper. This completely preserved foot, the rest of the body had disappeared. And that... I mean, the ice can yield up all sorts of things. Uh, yes, I, I don't know if you can see this on this screen. That's the... Uh, Is that the woolly, woolly mammoth? mammoth? Oh, right, see, I, yes. Yeah. Oh, right. Oh, I'm quite interested in that. But I want to see it covered in hair. That, to me, just looks like an elephant. Uh, yes, it is, uh, it's kind of like it, brown envel- uh, envelope. <laughs> brown, brown, brown elephant. It's certainly <laughs> brown bread, <laughs> that's a fact. <laughs> yes. uh, Noreen says, very sad news about little Oreo. Very sad to hear it. This is the little snow leopard. We put a link up. Uh, we will put a link up on the blog later. It's Steve Allen, sorry, youtube.com forward slash Steve Allen show. A little Oreo, the snow leopard, has, and there uh, is has died. One. And that's a woolly mammoth. That's a model, seems, though, isn't it? No, that's a, a stuffed one. Really? That's a stuffed one, apparently. In, Did you know? Uh, oh, before I forget, 
And this is one with uh, with hair on it. With hair. And it's at the Museum of Zoo- Zoology in St. Petersburg. Oh, right. And it We're was found on the banks of the river. One of a kind stuffed mammoth, it says. Did you know that uh, all the dinosaurs in the Natural History Museum are just casts of the bones? Yes, because they're too heavy. They're too heavy, exactly. The things you learn here. Are you ready to revolutionise the way you work? Forever? Go to My PC is a service that allows you to access all your computer files, email, and even the software that's on your... Steve Allen talks theatre with the Society of London Theatre and TKTS. Official half-price ticket booths at Leicester Square and Brent Cross. Morning, everybody. 17 minutes uh, past six. After the wonderful world of theatre with the wonderful Roger Foss. Morning, Roger. Good morning, Steve. Good morning. Yeah, well. The thi- talking about all the. You were talking earlier about all the grimness of Gordon oh, Brown and dear. debt and depression. And I thought, well, actually, the one way of getting some sunshine into your life really is going out to the theatre. Yeah. Because there's some great comedy stuff around at the moment. And, yes. and, it, and it's just amazing to see. Shows like um, Calendar Girls, which has just opened in the West End, which really is, I mean, it's all about, you know, the Calendar Girls, the Women's Institute, women from Yorkshire who famously posed naked for, for the calendar and raised millions for, for leukaemia research. Yes. And, 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 I mean, one of, the, one of the things about it, of course, if you remember the movie, mm. is um, the husband dies, doesn't he? Yes, and by John Alderton, I think. Yeah, and, and, and the thing is that he, he dies from leukemia, but, but his big passion was growing flowers and sunflowers. Mm. So, you know, it's got sunflowers in it. It's got all of that sunshine. And, um, and amazingly, in the West End, you can buy uh, sunflower seeds in the foyer. You know where you buy merchandising? Well, for Calendar Girls, because it's Women's Institute stuff, they've got homemade jam, <laughs> which I bought some, <laughs> and um, you can buy sunflower seeds and a little grow-your-own-pack. So well, I, I must tell you, I mean, well. I, I'm, I'm very keen to save people a lot of money with sunflower seeds. The cheapest place to get sunflower seeds is to go to a pet shop and buy parrot food, because yeah. in the parrot food is sunflower seeds, and I promise you, take them out, soak them in water, stick them in the garden, they'll grow. They'll grow almost yeah. anywhere, won't they? Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, this show has grown as it toured around the country and uh, uh, just packed houses, and it's hilarious, of course. Mm. And um, in the West End, too, the other night, it was absolutely packed as an old card theatre. And it was a fantastic audience, you know, because this show is is hilariously funny, of course, but it's also quite sad. So you're never quite sure whether to laugh or cry. And once you've seen Linda Bellingham's bum and Patricia Hodge standing there, you know, with a cup of tea hiding her boobs and Sean Phillips coming out with some amazing lines, Gain of Fame, uh, Julia Hills, Elaine C. Smith. I mean, they're all absolutely fantastic. And that moment when they're posing for the camera... It just rocks the theatre, you know. You, you just wouldn't want to be anywhere else. I, I thought, well, this is absolutely fantastic. And, it, and, it, and, it, and it's a show that started at Chichester Festival Theatre last year. And I popped down there the other day to see Di- Dame Diana Rigg in Hay Fever, you know, the Noel oh, yes. play. And, of course, Chichester Festival Theatre, too, is, is great, a great place at this time of the year because it's set in those fantastic lawns and green areas, you know. I mean, it, it just... You think, oh, it's great to get out of London and go down there and, and see a great play like Hay Fever and Diana Rigg, of course, fantastic, you know, as this 
aged old actress trying to relive her youth again and inviting these guests to the house and insulting them rotten and then they all creep off at the end and there's some great stuff on at Chichester 2 this year with uh, Oklahoma for example coming up so you know fantastic um, theatre really just get away from all the budget blues and go and see a show I, I just think well you know these two shows in particular just kind of lifted me mm. so you, you know I, I, I'm, I'm I've got a spring in my heel, I suppose. That's, uh, I've got something in my heel, anyway. Yes, it'll be a stone again. Most of them are like that. The other show is uh, just around the corner here, and it's the, uh, the Stop Messing About. Oh, yeah, well, of course, that Stop Messing About is a radio show, isn't it, from the 70s. Mm-hmm. I, I'd forgotten about that. That's um, Kenneth Williams' own radio show, following on from Round the Horn and uh, Beyond Our Ken. And, 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 and it's really Kenneth Williams, who paddock, Joan Sims and the announcer, Douglas Smith, uh, just doing the radio shows from the 70s, two of them, and, and, and standing in the studio, reading their lines from the script, you know, and you think, what is this? But actually, it's hilariously funny. <laughs> I thought this was quite amazing. You don't get Kenneth Williams and Hugh Paddock doing Julian and Sandy, but you get all those kind of gags from that period. And, of course, it's written by Johnny Mortimer and Brian Cook, who wrote that series but they also wrote uh, shows on telly like man about the house and father dear father you know and um george and mildred i've forgotten they'd written that mm. uh so it's it's comedy from another era but you know a great night out too so um good fun all round recommendation there for stop messing about calendar girls uh, which is it i don't know how long they're in with calendar girls well they're booking up till september so it's running all the way through the summer and uh, and Hay Fever's on till May, I think, and uh, and and then it's followed up by other shows at Chichester, yeah. including Oklahoma, of course. And um, stop messing about. I'm not sure how long that's running for. Probably for about three or four weeks at least. Yeah. So um, so yeah. So uh, shows to put a smile on your face. Exactly. God knows we need it. <laughs> Blimey, yeah. God knows we need it, I tell you. <laughs> yeah, I think we need a bit, you know, it's, it's great that we've got fantastic weather, because that makes people feel a bit better anyway, and it was lovely and hot yesterday afternoon. But uh, if you can get out, go to the theatre. I know traditionally when it gets hot, people don't want to go, but it's going to turn this weekend, and we're all going to get, you know, back with the umbrellas again, I believe. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. Well, they, they sell Calendar Girls umbrellas, actually. Oh, well, they don't. Uh, do uh, they've uh, not missed a well, trick on this one, have they? I know, and, and, and they've got... It's, they're all done out like sunflowers, so... Oh, right. It's like walking around with a giant sunflower over your head. And uh, I didn't buy one of those. I thought it might be a bit too ostentatious in Spitalfields. Oh, certainly not in Spitalfields. You can wear that in Spitalfields. Do you remember when Bob Geldof bought that suit... Which he wore every time, and it was it was it was oh. a sunflower pattern. After we'd seen it for the tenth time, I began to think, why don't you just go and get it washed? It looks a bit <laughs> grubby now. You know, <laughs> it was it was a bit tacky and a bit naff. But there again, that's Bob Geldof for you. <laughs> Listen, thank you for those recommendations. Yes, and we'll talk to you next week. All right then, Steve. Okay. See you then. Bye. Bye. There he is, Roger Ford. Happy little soul, isn't he? Isn't he just? This he morning? is just. Uh, Calvin McKenzie was the one who was talking about um, uh, the uh, cook, Marco Pierre White. He says, why doesn't somebody take him to one side and tell him the show's not working and he's the problem? His bad temper and rudeness, I presume he's not really like that, it's a massive turn-off to viewers. I've always said that he's just a thin act, Marco Pierre White. I never thought, I never liked him. I was always a big fan of Gordon Ramsay, who I thought was being totally genuine in everything he ever did. 
I don't care where the food comes from, we think he's great. We love him to pieces. But Marco Pierre White was just a bit naff. He was naff when everybody, nobody knew who he was anyway. And now he's on television, he's naffer than ever, I'm afraid. It must be if you would attract, you know, people on the show like Bruce Grobelar. Go on, hands up, who remember? Nobody, none of you remember him. Anthea, oh, not her again, Turner. And that drip of an husband who luckily we kicked out. I don't even know who's left. Oh, wait a minute, there's that woman whose mother's a shoplifter. You remember her, Danielle Bucks? Going out with that aged Lothario, used to be a football player, now does crisp adverts. Gary Lineker, who apparently uses her face cream. Big surprise there for many people. But the biggest surprise of the week is that Cheryl Cole is uh, looking for a solo stardom bid. And she's getting a hand from the songwriters behind legendary soul diva Whitney Houston. The trouble is, Cheryl, um, I don't want to sort of point out the patently obvious, but if you can't sing for for a toffee, dear, there's no point in going for it. And you can't sing for toffee. We know that. We heard you singing live on the the X Factor. And it it was terrible. It was just an embarrassment, I'm afraid. No good coming up with things like nerves. You can't sing. And you know it. Big questions of the week. Amanda Holden saying she felt goosebumps during Shaheen's turn on Britain's Got Talent. So that means that there is actually one part of her body that's not been Botoxed. And uh, the other big question, if a gypsy tries to sell you Heather, is it politically incorrect to pay by traveller's cheque? Now, I only ask this because Brian Reid <laughs> mentions it in his column today. And he says, the dangerous decline in our bee population is blamed on parasites. Will the royal family be sued? I don't know. Questions like this we shall ask. Paul. Deary me. Astronomers testing a giant dust cloud in the heart of the Milky Way say it might taste of raspberries. Raspberries? Raspberries. Oh, I like raspberries. Scientists from the Max Planck Institute for Radio Astronomy in Bonn were searching for evidence of amino acids. They failed to locate any, but did find ethyl formate. The, uh chemical responsible for the flavour of raspberries. The astronomers used uh, a telescope in Spain to analyse the electromagnetic radiation emitted by hot and dense region of Sagittarius B2. What does that mean? That surrounds a newborn star. I have no idea, but the astronomers listening would know. <laughs> While scouring the data, the team found ethyl formate as well as evidence of a deadly chemical called propyl cyanide in the same cloud. The two molecules are the largest yet discovered in deep space. Uh, The results are being presented at the European Week of Astronomy and Space Science at the University of Hertfordshire. Lord. It would be nice if if, if you went up there and it would be tasting of strawberries. They've got pictures in one of the other papers. Uh, They've seen another world outside of our one, which they reckon is bigger than us. Yes, it's the one that Gordon Brown lives in. That's right. But it makes you wonder, doesn't it, if, you know, if, if, if the, the good Lord created heaven and earth in seven days, whether he created all the other ones or that was the job busy. of somebody else. He's very busy, isn't he? Yes. He's managed to create all these different worlds with different things. Do you think he created a woolly mammoth? Seeing as we had them, you know, were they created... Because I don't remember any mention of woolly mammoths in the Garden of Eden. I mean, I've studied it carefully. Yes, but they lost half the list, didn't they? In Do the, you know were Tyrannosaurus the, rexes scouring the gardens of Gethsemane in the early days? You know, just sit, herds of wildebeest striding majestically over. Anyway, uh, the new Wonder Diet pill gets TV advertising today, says Johnny, off to the gym. Tax, he says, what tax? Imagine all those dreadfully miserable taxi drivers on 150 grand a year out there going, pay more tax, you must be joking. Wait a minute, let's fiddle that meter again. Okay, right, I've only earned 50,000 this year. It's a good one, isn't it? He says, can you explain to people that you cannot take this diet pill with chips and wash it down with a fizzy drink? No doubt, he said, a suitable celeb will be found to endorse it. He said, anybody but Eamon Holmes, please. Yes, I don't <laughs> want to see Eamon Holmes advertising anything to do with diets on the television, do we? No, we don't. Definitely not. Although, good news from Dortmund in Germany. 
Three safebreakers fleeing with £10,000 were stopped when traffic police saw them sweating in a very chilly day. So for some reason... That's if rather you, clever, isn't it? It's quite it? clever, isn't it? Yes. You know, over here, they'd have no idea. They'd just assume that, you know, you've got the heating on in the it's car. Sweaty, yeah. But uh, over there... They, they sort of pick on people, which is good news. Good news. 84850steve.lbc.co.uk. Uh, Cutting Edge is tonight on Channel 4. This is the, the sequel about the girl, Kimberly, who we talked about ten years ago on this programme. Ten years ago. And, uh, unfortunately, I will be tucked up with Teddy, so I'm expecting Noreen and everybody else to fill me in on the programme tomorrow series. morning. Just a good series. But this is the girl who's already had one child taken into care, yep. and now she's expecting uh, another one. It's, uh, it's a great look at life in this country. Sort of. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast, and uh, the time coming up, 6.30. 27 minutes to 7. It's Thursday morning in London town. With a check on the sports, it's our sports editor, Phil Blacker. Thanks, Steve. Good morning. Chelsea manager Gus Hiddink has admitted defeat in the Premier League title race after last night's goalless draw at home to Everton. It leaves them six points off top spot and still three behind Liverpool. Hiddink says it wasn't through lack of effort, but they just weren't good enough. We were... Working hard, you cannot blame the, the team that there was no desire to, to work hard. But sometimes we, uh, most of the time, we didn't work with the needed intelligence to break this uh, well-organised wall of defence from Everton. The sides meet again next month in the FA Cup final, with Heading saying his players will have to concentrate on that and the Champions League when they face Barcelona in the semi-finals if they're to have any chance of lifting a trophy this season. Manchester United are clear favourites now to retain the Premier League title after their 2-0 victory over Portsmouth. An early Wayne Rooney goal and Michael Carrick's late strike gives the champions a three-point lead over Liverpool, and they've still got a game in hand on both the Reds and Chelsea. Manager Sir Alex Ferguson, though, says the title still isn't won yet. Still a long way to go. Six games seems a, such a short time, but it can be a long time. And I think that we'll have to deal with it the right way. Roy Keane is now the favourite to be named new manager of Ipswich Town, with reports his appointment could be confirmed today. The former Manchester United captain's been out of work since leaving Sunderland at the end of last year. Ipswich sacked Jim Magilton yesterday. In the Indian Premier League today, England's OA Shah and Paul Collingwood will play for the Delhi Daredevils against Andrew Flintoff's Chennai Super Kings. In Division 1 of the County Championship, Stuart Broad will look to add to his figures of 4 for 35 for Nottinghamshire, who've restricted Worcestershire to 140 for 4 in their second innings. Lancashire resume on 209 for 5 in their first innings against Sussex, who made 289. Champions Durham start again on 303 for 7 against Yorkshire, whilst Hampshire are 310 for 7 at Warwickshire. The second round matches at the World Snooker Championships start today. Seven-time winner Stephen Henry plays at Ding Junhui, then defending champion Ronnie O'Sullivan meets Mark Allen. And there are five race meetings today. They go at Beverly, Perth and Fontwell this afternoon. And then tonight they run at Southall and Utoxeter. Certainly are. Now I've got a bone to pick with you. Go on. Sorry. Sounds ominous. Was, yes. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm just curious, because I went through to the LBC website the other day, as I'm prone to doing on a regular basis, mm. to have a look at just how gorgeous my photograph was. <laughs> and, and I'm looking... And your photo is not on there. I don't have a photo on there, no. And I'm thinking, but wait a minute, you are the most heard sports editor. Of, there's a picture of Jensen... <laughs> There it pops up about once every six years, and <laughs> there's no picture of you on there. You'll be popping up tomorrow morning. Well, pop it, well, exactly. But, I mean, there, there you were, not on there, and you're on Nick Ferrari's breakfast show, you're on early breakfast, you're on all of it. Why is your picture not there? Well, I don't know. So I, not it's not, it's not something I've particularly pressed for, I've got to be honest. Well, I'm sorry, but I, I've had people inquiring as to what you look like. <laughs> and I have directed I think it's best to, to leave them wondering, you know, to be honest. <laughs> that, that's part of my thinking. <laughs> Let them wonder. Did, did they not approach you? Were you here when the photos were being taken, or were you away? I, I don't know. Not, not the recent ones. I, I wasn't approached, anyway. 
Well, that's very strange. I think we should have to have a word with, with head people <laughs> on that one. <laughs> I don't Why know. Phil Blacker, the sports editor's know. photo, is not up there is a mystery. If it was up there, they'd probably realise why. Well, I think you're very photogenic. <laughs> well, that's what the police photographer said anyway exactly, when they, when they yeah. had you in there for that. Anyway, uh, Alex uh, managed to call the race yesterday. He said, my selection came down the hill. Well, hit the front two furlongs. Tried to hold on. Sadly, one horse passed him in the final furlong. So, Lake Poet, second. Had he gone each way? He'd have got something. Yours, St Arch, fifth. Mm, oh, no. It's not going well at the it's moment. It's not going well, is it? Uh, you're, you're, I think this is my worst run it. yet. Yeah. It, it's one of the, when I get on a roll, I, you know, a few winners. When, uh, when I get in the, stuck in a rut, it's hard to get out no, of it. I agree. Total loss, £29.71 for Alex. For you, £25.54. So today, we're off for Thursday's failure, the 4.30 at Beverly, the Fonz. Win only. I think we've had the fun. Oh, really? I, I was nearly going to pick that, actually. That was that was on my shortlist. Copycat. <laughs> no, I, I, I did give something else, because I've changed tactics today. I'm oh, going purely on the name. Really? Um, which is why I nearly picked that one. Oh. Um, I'm, I'm going to Beverly, 2 o'clock, uh, Yorkie Bar. Yorkie bar. Yorkie bar. It's the Milky Bar Kid. <laughs> <laughs> Milky Bar Kid is strong and tough. So, the Yorkie Bar. Yes. Yorkie Bar. Yorkie Bar. Is it spelled... Your... It's York Key Bar. Oh, right, interesting. OK, we'll put them up on the website. Let's hope it's got some luck for us. <laughs> we need luck. We need something to change. We do need so, some, uh, don't we? Change attack. I'm today. going to investigate as to why your photo is not up there. The sports editor's picture is not up there. Mm. I find this absolutely unbelievable <laughs> that you didn't have to go through the makeup process that the rest so of us I managed to, to sort of sneak under the, uh, under yeah, the radar. I don't know I how this is possible. What if it, perhaps, who organised, I shall find out today. This is, this is going to be my mission. <laughs> Thanks. Ladies and gentlemen. I know, I'm going <laughs> to make sure. I just see him in makeup, that's all. I just, well, look, he's the sports <laughs> editor. <laughs> you have to wear makeup for those photos. Abs- oh, good grief. Do you see Cushing? Oh, <laughs> caked in it. It was like the polyfiller kid. It was unbelievable. <laughs> I went in there, he looked like Uvision I don't fire when he got that sort of whole face of cream. <laughs> and they just sort of scraped out the eyes. <laughs> New vision I have Cushing. <laughs> <laughs> it was very funny, very funny. I'm going to find out, though, Phil, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. OK. I, I'm actually. not here tomorrow. Oh, you're not here? No. Oh, who's here tomorrow? We've uh, got Alex tomorrow. Well, his picture's up there, and he only does one day a week. <laughs> You've done is this? this already. I have done this. Oh, you're yes. quite right, actually. <laughs> it must be very funny. I'm repeating myself. If I thought it was funny first time round, do it a second time. <laughs> anyway, all right, well, have that a nice weekend. Fair. And you? We'll see you next week, so we'll find out. Actually, generally speaking, Friday's our good day for winners. Generally speaking. Mm. Yeah, I don't have much <laughs> hope either. Well, I'm not here. <laughs> <laughs> Poor soul. Why is his picture not up on there? Let's start a campaign. Uh, for all the people asking about this A to Z Atlas and Guide to London and the Suburbs, this is reprinted uh, from the 1938-39 edition. It looks exactly the same. It's, uh, it's got an ISBN number, which is as follows. I only repeat it once on this programme. It's 978 dash one dash Eight four three four eight dash six three nine dash eight. Although failing that, just go A to Z Atlas and Guide to London and Suburbs Historical Edition. In fact, you'll probably find it on Amazon. Type in A to Z Atlas and Guide Historical Edition, and, and you will you will find it. I think quite easily. Don't forget, we've got the How Low auction. Oh, I tell you where everybody's going to be tomorrow. They're going to be down on Twick, uh, Twickenham Riverside, just opposite the Barmy Arms, where they're going to unveil a plaque. To all the groups 
who played over on Eel Pie Island in the 60s and 70s. It's going to be a big plaque. It's going to be a pretty big plaque. <laughs> the Stones played there, the Who played there. There's uh, The Yardbirds are doing their concert, which I think is now sold out, and that's up at Twickenham Stadium in the Music Room. Uh, members of Hawkwind are going to be down there, Warren and Gina and everybody from around there, and people supping alcohol. I think the music starts from about uh, 2.30, 3 o'clock, outside the Barmy Arms, and uh, then celebrities will retire to the Mayor's Barlow. It's all very posh. So if you're not doing anything, that's the place to be tomorrow. Provided the weather holds, and I think it could be our last day of nice weather. And uh, people will just get, you know, just drunk, I suppose, and enjoy the music, which is quite nice. Have you got a quickie for me? Just uh, yes, know. world record for the highest ever cricket match has been set at 16,945 feet up Mount Everest. Players, groundsmen, <laughs> medics and spectators made the Himalayan trip to set the record for a field sport played at the highest altitude. Oh. Is that quick enough for you? It is very quick for me. Almost too quick. Oh, right. Almost too quick. But it okay. doesn't matter because uh, Mahendra says, I agree with your opinion on St George's Day. We do sell all sorts of celebratory cards. Mm. Uh, but no one yet has come out with uh, a card display unit. So perhaps they, they should for next year. So they sort of go in with everything else, hmm. which, is, you know, which is OK. And uh, Mahendra has got the news agent up on Winchmore Hill. I say up on Winchmore Hill because, to be honest with you, I've got no idea where Winchmore Hill is. It's up by Enfield. Oh, is it up by Enfield? That, that, uh, that kind of direction. Oh, right. Well, it sounds lovely. So, uh, so good for you there. Uh, a bit of local interest. Uh, Alan went for the, uh, a walk along the towpath at Ham. Uh, on the road to the Ham car park... Um, was a sort of low-budget film set. Sounds right. fantastic. He said, uh, down in the bottom right hand of the polo field in the muddy horsey bit, several old-style fair vehicles and a small fun fair with tents and little rides took us back to the 50s. So a bit of, uh, bit of detective work for somebody. What were they filming on the towpath at Ham? He said uh, there was an old man ranting at an old ice cream van being filmed over and over again. So does anybody know what they were filming down there at Ham? They were, we know they were doing Harry Potter down the road here yes. for the last two nights in um, Piccadilly Circus. They had all the cameras up there and uh, everybody else. So that was quite good. Fantastic. Good, isn't it? Uh, sticking with films, uh, Jack Cardiff deserves a mention. Oh, right. Uh, he died yesterday and he was one of the greatest cinematographers of, uh, uh, of this country. This is the one and that Marilyn Monroe raved over. That's right, because he did The, uh, the Prince and the Showgirl with her, oh, right. and he's best known perhaps for the uh, for doing the cinemato- cinematography on the African Queen, which bits of it were filmed in Isleworth. That's right, Isleworth next to the pub. Somebody was said to me they filmed a bit of the Africa. Really, hmm. bit of the African Queen. You know that those those that there's that old street down in Waterloo. Yes, which is, I tell everybody this, and they all go, "Oh, I know where that is," and it's an old 50s street. It hasn't changed. And you're not allowed to put satellite dishes up or anything else. And it's a faithful... It's, it's exactly as it was in the 50s, I think. And I only went down there because Alan Dodgen used to have an office down there, which was very That's good. Right. Dan has finally finished, and he's off to sleep. He said, I've decided straight to bed today after yesterday doing some filing at 7.30. Totally shattered this morning. <laughs> Poor soul, honestly. So, I saw Ivor the other day. Uh, the engine. <laughs> Ivor the engine. Or Ivor. Ivor, who's, who's one of the, uh, the nice busmen down in Twickenham, has to stand there, log it. He moves from side to side of the road. <laughs> He stands outside Iceland because there's a nice draught, apparently. Yes. And then he moves the other side to get a bit of late evening sunshine. And why not? It's all quite clever stuff. So it, it, it's all very well worked out, I have to tell you. Happy birthday to Tommy, who is uh, 25 today, from Linda and Connor. Uh, Tommy and Heather Green says, Did you know that St George was Turkish? I think you're right, actually. I think he was Turkish. 
So that's good. And uh, Chris in Crawley said, I had to get eye drops for red eyes. And the thing behind the counter said, what's wrong with them? I said, nothing, love. Are you a doctor? He said, just because they're wearing white coats. Oh, I know. They always ask me, they say, you get somebody of 15 years old going, have you taken these before? And I always go, no, well, how, how do you take them? I don't know. Yeah, just suppose with water. John is in Reading. He's English and proud. Mark the bailiff is English and proud because uh, we are doing very well. Eli Reed was it the other day, Janet says, for the artist. And Nick wants to know why motorbikes are never advertised on television. Come on. Mm. When was the last time we saw a motorbike advert? Apart from that dreadful one where the bloke's pulling out in the car and this motorbike goes bang into the side of it. And it, that's not an advert for motorbikes because it frightens the life out of me every time. And I know it's happening. I know it's happening. Dreadful, isn't it? 16 to 7. Every- London's biggest conversation continues with James Whale at Drive. Along with regular travel updates, business and weather reports, weekday afternoons from 4, LBC 97.3. LBC 97.3 is giving you the chance to win Sky Free for a year with an entertainment package of your choice. Plus a 32-inch HD-ready television. All you have to do, make sure you're listening to Nick Ferrari at breakfast all this week and see if you can guess the programme that another listener is describing. Easy peasy. Sky gives you the type of TV you want without paying for anything you don't. So make sure you're listening all this week to Nick Ferrari at breakfast from 7 here on LBC 97.3. And if you're not lucky with that, you might be lucky with my Sony Vio laptop, which runs out at 7 this evening. That's when it finishes. And it's got 250 gigabytes of hard drive. It's a Sony. OK, it's a Sony. I don't need to tell you anything else. It's got everything. You can surf the net, keep in touch by email, log on anywhere that's got Wi-Fi. Lowest unique bid will win. Lowest bid in pence that nobody else makes. Bids in by 7pm. You text LBC, followed by your bid in pence, and send it to treble eight two one. OK, so it's LBC, then your bid in pence, send it to treble eight two one. Computer will tell you exactly if your bid is unique because it's all computerised, OK? So we've got no idea what the end price is. It's not like some competitions where you go, we know what the answer is, because we've, we've got no idea. This can go for anything at all. Uh, the bid will cost pound fifty plus your standard network rate. Lines close 7pm this evening. Must be over 16. Go to lbc.co.uk for full terms and conditions. The Stephen Liz in Morden say happy St George's Day. And uh, sad, says Debbie, in shorts at the Cotswold Wildlife Park, but only until probably tomorrow, uh, about Oreo. I've seen the YouTube clip. It's nice, actually. This is the little snow leopard that we went down and cuddled a short while ago, and uh, sadly he passed away. He was, he was brain damaged, and, um, and it's great shame, actually. And Reg says, as if taxi drivers earn 150000 a year. Oh, come on, Reg. Everybody knows how much they earn. Fortunes, fortunes. Many, of, I mean, it's you know, it's the only regulated, the only regulated business where nobody knows what people earn, because you can't go on the meter because most guys, ninety nine point nine percent, leave them running all day and all night, and also it's a cash business. It's a cash business. Nobody ever gets out and goes, and I make the check payable to who? Nobody ever does that. So it's it's very easy if ever you're in a cash business. That's why you go into some shops and they don't ring it up on the till. They just they have the till open. They put the money in there, and you think, well, how do you know? You know, what that money goes to. You know, VAT and all the rest of it. So you know that as well. Stephen Essex says, I'm having uh, a day off from being English today. It says, patron Saint Lark is the mark of an inferior country. And you're in Essex. You're not in Essex. You're a doolally person, aren't you? You're a doolally person. You must be. Everybody in Essex is sporting the flags this morning, I'm afraid. We need something to celebrate, don't Absolutely. we? Absolutely. We've got to have something to celebrate, because we can't celebrate the budget. Paul. Steve, a Californian man lost more than a stone by eating nothing but McDonald's for a month. Oh, how is this possible? Well, 
uh, <laughs> he was so shocked by it. I know. Uh, he had sausage and egg burritos for breakfast. Burrito? What's a burrito? It's in America. Oh, it's right, a, it's I was saying. It's a little, uh, like a Mexican wrap thing. Okay. Chicken wraps for lunch and salads for dinner and exercised regularly. That's <laughs> the key, That's obviously. the key. He said, I thought if I could actually eat McDonald's and lose weight, I'd incorporate the best of both worlds. I'm eating at my favourite place and I'm losing weight. I would always go for the healthier option, but I would once in a while go for a chocolate chip cookie or the chicken McNuggets. But everything in moderation. If you go there and you don't always have to order a Big Mac with large fries. However, it wasn't just down to uh, following the McDonald's diet. There's a lot of cardio that went into this and a lot of sit-ups as well, he's added. I'm doing an hour of cardio in the morning, whether it's running up a mountain or working out with the trainer three times a week. His experience is in stark contrast to that of filmmaker Morgan Spurlock, who you remember did the uh, Super Size Me. um, The key throughout this whole of this thing is not the fact it's McDonald's, it's the fact they're doing sit-ups and exercise. Exercise And that's the one thing. You can eat whatever you like. You know, you can go and eat fish and chips every day, provided you exercise, do sit-ups. You know, you could eat chips every day of your life. Wouldn't make the slightest difference. Exercise. Enough. But, of course, if you... Who's the Magic Circle? It's Michael Caine at the Magic Circle, as Steve Hargrave said he would be. Hello, Michael. Sorry, I moved away from that. Hello, Steve. (laughs) I only told you to blow the bloody doors off. Listens to this programme all the time. It's very funny. Anyway. <laughs> yes, what I was going to say is uh, if you eat um, one chocolate biscuit too many, yeah. each day for a year you'll put on half a stone. Really? Mm-hmm. Good Lord. There you go. There's, there's the taste. Useless information. <laughs> uh, I got that off the programme on the telly last night. Uh, <laughs> yes. Somebody said if you walk three miles every day, by the end of the week you'll be 21 miles away from me. So that's good. Let's start that one. Uh, Roy is, uh, says we're a scaffolding and construction company in Greenwich and we're celebrating St George's Day by serving pie and mash to my yard and office staff whilst playing English anthems at 1pm after flying the flags and consuming English beer. He says we listen every morning in the office to the programme. I could cope with everything except pie and mash. Oh, I love pie and mash. I've never had it. Oh, no, sorry, well, it's eels. cope with anything, Well, I, exactly, sorry, I take that back. Steve good. Allen made a mistake. No, I'm, I'm sorry, I can barely bring myself to say that. But, not not pie and mash, uh, uh, eels. Oh, jelly, jelly eels. Oh, yuck, yuck, mm, yuck. But pie I've and mash... managed to do that It's yet, just either. a meat pie, isn't it? Uh, it's it's what we used to call a scotch pie, I, I believe. Oh, right. But uh, the ones I've had are very similar anyway. And, uh, do you know, I've had it. used to go into the fish and chip shop and they'd have that little cabinet with pies in, and you'd, you'd take one and you'd thought, oh, I should love a oh, yeah. mincemeat pie or something. Yes, they're served with, with mash, of course, and liquor, which is like... Um, it's almost like a, a, a thin parsley sauce. Is it nice? Very nice. Is it? Very nice. I recommend it. Well, Amanda doesn't think so. She's horrible. <laughs> do you like it? Which bit do you not like? Oh, she's vegetarian. That's why. Oh, she's vegeta- just the look well, of it, you if, see? It, if, if, if it was filmed, you know, sort of, sort of filled with sort of things like, you know, courgettes or goji, goji berries. berries. Goji yeah. berries. You should try, the, you should try <laughs> just the mash with parsley sauce then. That's nice. Yeah. Interestingly enough, I must mention, because we haven't mentioned, we've been Susan Boyle free for two days nearly, and Louis Walsh uh, went on Justin Lee Collins' show. Uh, We have to mention that because nobody's watching it. I'm terribly sorry. It's a bit of a shame, really. But uh, And said that uh, Susan is a pretty good singer, but she's not a great singer, which is exactly what we said years ago. And I'm telling you, if two people in the business know exactly what they're talking about, everybody else is just being suckered into this load of old rubbish. Load of old rubbish, it really is. I think it was just a shock. 
certainly was a shock. It, it certainly had shock factor, didn't it? It certainly did. Well, because what they're looking for on all these programmes, as you know, if you're, if, if you go out there and you want to sign a singer, you need a story to get, not just they're a singer, you've it's got it's to have a, a silly story. A to hang it Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. I've been invited to the British Musical Society's Memorabilia Exhibition, which is out at uh, Rotherhithe. They've got, th- this is for, for elderly people, Little Titch's Boots. This is for elderly people. This is why you've been invited. I've been invited, because I'm fascinated mm-hmm. by it. Bud Flanagan's coat, Max Miller's suit, personal uh, items of Mari Lloyd, all sorts of things. And they've got old theatre posters, which you can probably buy as well. That's so I'm looking forward to going down there. I've been invited, personally, by Roy Hudd. Uh, and I think also, uh, present King Rat is uh, Graham Cole. I think he's going to be down there as well. So I should go down to that. It runs uh, at the Sands Film Studio, I think from the 11th, to the 29th of May, so that'll be of interest to people in that area. So the British Musical Society putting that on. Very nice indeed. I shall no doubt bump into Great. my friend Jack Seaton. That's lovely. Should be very nice. Still worried about a construction company who are going to be playing anthems all day. <laughs> I quite be like nice. it. Be no, nice. Good idea, actually. Uh, uh, Margaret was in Romford. She said, I've never seen so many St George's flags. Selling like hotcakes. I have one myself. Good, because uh, the way that the country's being run at the moment can do nothing except swell the the need for a bit of national pride, I think. Yes. We need something today. And uh, and Declan says, I have told you before, taxi drivers do not earn 150000 I wouldn't get out of bed for such a trifling sum. <laughs> as we all knew. As we all knew. <laughs> and Martine says Labour will regret this budget when they're swept away in the general election into political wilderness. It's certainly not good news for everybody this morning. No, I think they've already given up. Is it, I, well, yes. Yeah, I, th- I, I think they think they're going to recoup loads of things. There's lots of people, you know, crying into handkerchiefs around here. In fact, this whole building, there's lots of people crying into handkerchiefs. It's one of those whole sort of, of things. <laughs> the whole of London is crying into handkerchiefs. It's, it's too much money. It's dreadful. Listen, no more time. I'm back with you uh, tomorrow morning. Uh, Paul, thank you very much. Welcome. And Paul will be back with us next week on the programme. Go to lbc.co.uk. We'll put a link on to the YouTube video of Little Oreo. And you love doing these countdowns, don't you? It kind of fascinates you. <laughs> just, as, just so I can hit it on the button and say, I'm back tomorrow morning. Nick's with you after the news next on LBC.